Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt. How's everybody feeling? Not too bad. It's a Monday. It is a Monday. It's a rough Monday. <laughs> Actually, Monday is the best the best way to describe today. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of icky. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can turn it up a notch here. So we just went through our midterm elections last week. Mm-hmm. I know we hate to date these things, but I guess we should also kind of sound timely whenever possible, right? Sure. Anyway, so I got a, a note on Twitter saying you guys should talk about uh, how to talk work, how to politely discuss politics at work. I don't know if there's a polite way to discuss politics at work. Somebody's always getting upset. He, he, he put in parentheses afterward, good luck with that. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. But I was thinking about it, and here's the thing. Politics are no different than any other thing that people might disagree with, right? The only difference is maybe somewhere along the line we thought it was like, okay, to be super passionate about politics, but we won't be, we won't get all fired up if it's, uh, you know, somebody stole my lunch out of the work fridge. That's Bogue, too. <laughs> it is. But but we're not going to I think like. that might offend me a little bit more, actually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? That actually affects your immediate yeah, life. Yeah, because that's like my lunch. And now if I'm hungry, I'm going to be crabby. And if I'm crabby because somebody ate my food that I planned <laughs> on having for myself, that... And now i got to go buy lunch. Yeah. That'd put me in a horrible mood. If somebody's talking <laughs> politics, I try to listen. I try to take in their side of it. If I don't agree with it... Okay, I don't agree with it, but you don't have to be rude to him because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, oh, you like that? Well, I don't like you then. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry that we have different beliefs. We're people. Well, so I was listening to, I, I, wait, stop. Quick public, annou- or what do I call them? Housekeeping? PSA. PSA. Yeah, this is not a PSA. <laughs> this, is, this is a housekeeping item. Our first three episodes got published on iTunes over the weekend. We're all excited. And uh, I was listening to the episode about conflict, which I thought was a really great episode because we covered basically every single possible way conflict can happen, the different channels. So this is the same thing, kind of, in that if we're going to say that the discussion begins with somewhat of a disagreement or with a statement that might somehow, you know, push a button... But we had this fantastic conversation about how that's not the way we should respond to situations about conflict. So it's kind of the same thing. I'm getting a nose wrinkle from Kelsey. It's confusing. It's complicated. People are red or people are blue, but we could all be purple. Well, yeah, but so my point is if, we, if you start from the beginning and say it's red or blue, then I'm just saying so that means that there's some sort of inherent conflict, right? Mm-hmm. But we had a, a great episode where we talked about all of these productive coping mechanisms and ideas and hacks on ways to resolve conflict or at least to agree to disagree about it yeah which is basically the same thing as talking politics at work if people can agree to disagree on that that's the key you got like the die hard politics ding, ding, and then ding, 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 it, it takes a certain their type. life it takes a certain type of person too i think to say just to say okay you know what we can talk about it oh, and yeah. then leave it at that i see your side <laughs> i see my side tony and i do that we we're not totally different ends of the political spectrum like 100% and 100% because I, I don't I don't like say I'm 100% anything but there's things that we agree on and there's things that we disagree on but we don't go to bashing each other over an idea we're like okay well I see why you think that this is why I think that and he's like okay I see where you're coming from I always mm-hmm. try to keep it constructive too because I know mind. how I know how quick it is with with not that I'm a problem or anything but I know how quick it can be sometimes for things to like 
spiral out of control. You say one thing that sounds bad, <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> like that's not what I meant. <laughs> and then somebody's offended, and it's it's just not okay. <laughs> I, I think that's an absolute risk when the subject is politics. But Tony, you just, I thought, said the perfect statement. You said it's it's a special kind of person who can like sort of frame it up to be, you know, we'll have to agree to disagree. But the funny thing is we're all learning and and being trained to respond exactly that way mm-hmm. in conflict situations at work. So I guess I'm just wondering why can't politics live in that column as well? I think it has to do with the state of modern politics mm-hmm. right now. It's it's very black and white. And it's extreme. It, exactly. It's all extremist. And I think it's actually kind of cool as we like we saw in the last election. It was more of a it was a more central central election. We saw a little bit more equality there and I think it was interesting because like people are starting to say okay I don't want it to be I don't want to be on one side or the other I'd rather just get along because it's kind of yeah it's a political barrage right now and it's kind of overwhelming (laughs) it is and I agree that it can be I guess I guess what I'm suggesting is if we were to apply the same rules of discourse that we apply to all of the ways that we could potentially disagree with each other at work that are all absolute work issues, if we use that same set of communication guidelines, then it wouldn't be a problem. It's almost like, so the word discourse, right? Nice, productive, constructive discourse. So if at work, if politics comes up, if the approach were more, yep, we're going to have to agree to disagree, or how Kelsey was saying, how you two reach resolution, just being able to keep the rhetoric in the the what am i trying to say the work style of communication professional yeah the the way you would any other potential disagreement seems like that's that's like a good place to start being able to hear somebody else's opinion just like you would if it was any other topic if you can agree, great. If not, it doesn't have to escalate into a shouting match or... Yeah, I think it matters just keeping your mouth shut <laughs> if you don't agree sometimes. Or... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right, yeah. If you had a, an issue that you uh, disagreed with your boss about and your boss said, yeah, but this is the way it's going to go, and so then we accept it and move on. And I think we get into that situation a lot with, like, the, what is it, my rights begin where yours end or whatever. Like, people just kind of, like, want to step on each other to say, like... Well, this is okay, but your what you're doing isn't. So, but who's to say somebody's right or wrong? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's there's always more than one way to figure it out. Exactly. So that's you know again, I'm going to try and always pull it back to work to try and give some advice or work hacks that could help. So that's nothing more than an idea share, right? And so if you're sitting around a table at a meeting and you're all swapping ideas, and some of them might be good and some of them might be bad, but we're all sort of I don't want to say programmed, but we get conditioned to know, don't hop on an idea, right? There are no bad ideas. Uh, Don't attack somebody for coming up with a harebrained idea. Hear out the idea and then give your reasons why you think it's not a good idea. Like there are all of these behavioral cues that we're all taught in the workplace to apply to every other potential disagreement. And it just seems like, so, okay, we already have the skills. We know how to manage those situations. Let's just use those exact same set of behaviors if the subject of politics comes up. But we we sort of draw a bright line, I guess, and say, no, the moment it becomes mm-hmm. politics, then suddenly all of those 
polite behaviors fly out the window and now it's okay to act like a douche and I, it's not i don't like that in the office too sometimes that like the office setting it seems like nowadays too especially the, the, the thought is to just shut it down immediately nobody even wants to like think about it i mean i i'm i'm all about talking about it i want it that's cool you know it's it's good to toss ideas but like Everybody, as soon as you bring something up, no one's like, oh, politics, uh-uh. I feel like there's a Mm-mm. point where people are getting sick of hearing about it, though. It's been bombarding our lives on Facebook and TV and everything else for the past couple of weeks. And everybody's like, my side rules, yours sucks. There's no happy medium in there. So mm-hmm. at that point, a lot of people do it. just shut down the idea. I'd rather just not discuss it. It's going to lead to an that. argument, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's part of the problem is so if we... If we go into it assuming it's just going to lead to an argument, so it's just better for me to keep my mouth mm-hmm. shut, then I think we give it even more power. As opposed to if we could demonstrate, here's how I think uh, I would disagree and create productive discourse in a way that doesn't attack the person, right? Some of the things we've talked about on the show is you address the the behavior and not the person. I mean, they teach us that in school. Exactly. When you're learning how to get along with people and how to socialize, but... So because everybody's so <clears throat> reluctant to talk about it or address it because they're afraid some sort of Krakatoa situation is going to happen, if there were a way for us to start saying, okay, when it comes up, I'm going to approach it just like, would, just like I would any other work topic, and I'll apply those same communication strategies. And so, you know, I'll start with me. Um, not meaning here, <laughs> you know, like Michael Jackson's man in the mirror. You know, the solution begins with me uh, showing that, you know, it, it can be discussed, ideas can be shared, and nobody's going to lose their temper or storm out, and everybody's going to behave professionally. It's just, it's funny, because the person who um, sent me the request to cover this topic is um, my age or maybe even a little bit older. I'm like, wow, has it really devolved that much that... Everybody thinks it's something that can't even be tackled at work. I guess I see that as a surrender, and I would hate to think. I, I think some of it ties into, like, the generational thing, too. In the current state of the nation. Generationally, how? I've seen a lot of, like, not, not, to, not to say older folks are more likely to do it, but a lot of people like to express, I don't know, I've seen older people like to express their opinion out loud in, in a way that's, yeah, in a way that, it's kind of it's just off-putting <laughs> so you're saying that the the chance for there to be misbehavior in a political conversation is more likely to come from an older person um i've seen it happen i feel <laughs> yeah. like mm-hmm. I, but i feel like it, it kind of almost sets something in a younger person to say hey that's not right you know it's kind of the f authority or whatever right the, yeah right what were you gonna say, Casey or Kelsey, about the uh, state of the? I know I don't know where that came from. Uh, about the, that's it's a commentary on the state of the nation. Uh, well, I was gonna start with saying I feel like a lot of people, instead of talking about politics generally, kind of start attacking people personally. And with our current leader of the nation um, acting the way he does about some topics, I feel like a lot of people think it's okay to act like that, and it's not. You know, that's a really the rude good point. comments and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Negativity. Well, yeah. it's it's like with anything, though. If we, you know, one person at a time can sort of agree that this is the behavior I'm going to model, I'm going to let it start with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll show that I'm not afraid to talk about it. I won't shut it down. You can give me your different opinion and I'll respond appropriately and professionally. Then maybe as other people see us 
handle it that way, then it gives them permission to maybe be okay to put their toe in the water and I don't know. Maybe we can eventually all just get along. That's the ultimate goal. It is. You would think. In every space. That's exactly right. All right. Well, that was uh, that's kind of a tough one to tackle on a day when everybody it's, was feeling. It's a serious topic. It is. All right. Well, we won't be so, so serious when we come back. When we come back, I want to talk about bosses. Uh-huh. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. Ah, low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Welcome back to Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt, Alana, Tony, Kelsey. What's up? I think we're all worn out from the first uh, 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I think we were worn out from the hour before the first 15 minutes. (laughs) So uh, in the second half of the show today, I just wanted to talk about, I just want to talk about bosses. Good bosses, bad bosses that you guys have experienced, and then the boss you want to be someday and where your inspiration or thoughts on that might come from. We were queuing it up right before we started. So let's, let's start with the last one, the boss you want to be someday. Cause Kelsey said, I want to be the boss that everybody likes. Mm-hmm. I want people to be talking crap behind, uh, behind my back about me. Like, Oh, great. 
boss is in today, I want people to be like, yeah, the boss is in. Like, cool. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, in a perfect world. <laughs> I was going to say, is that really, does that actually happen? I mean, I feel like it's like, it, it's got to, it, it's in the right place. I feel like there's those cozy companies that everybody actually genuinely, True. pretty much for the most part, can get along. That's I mean, obviously, true. everybody butts heads. Yeah. Anybody is going to butt heads. My, I butt heads with my best friend, who I adore more than anything. It just happens. True. True. I think that um, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat. That's what I think. One of the best little phrases I ever heard, because I my first job as a boss, I became the boss over people who I was drinking buddies with oh, and friends that's, that's with. Oh, that's hard. Because yeah, then they're not going to like you. Mm-hmm. Well, so I heard a great phrase, which is, to gain respect, you must be willing to lose affection. So when you're talking about having everybody like you, yes, having your staff appreciate you, respect Mm -hmm. you, enjoy you, isn't always the same as having them like you. And if you had to choose between the two, you probably want the respect bucket more than you do the affection bucket. Yeah. Somebody can can get mad at you and then look back a little while later when they cool down and understand your reasonings and then have that respect for you. Okay, they didn't do it on a friend level, but they did it for the greater good. And you know what? People who respond that way are the best employees. That's also true. Because not everybody responds that way. No, I mean, I've been at companies prior growing up in my teen years where you have an employee tell a boss to, you know, shove off, you know, screw themselves or whatever and just leave. You don't want that kind of relationship around because then the customers see it and they're like, what is going on? The other employees see it and they're like, okay, who's causing the problems? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is just from a business standpoint, I mean, a, a really great boss shouldn't do that. No, you take your employee to the back and have a one-on-one conversation with them about what they're doing wrong. I Non-confrontational yeah. conversation <laughs> is the key word there, is the key word there because you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to get, get somebody angry. That's, that just doesn't start off well. <laughs> well, a lot of really good bosses understand the fact that, um, that happy employees are the ones who will make happy customers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's in the business's best interest to have happy employees, so they should spend a lot of their time making sure that their employees are feeling satisfied, valued, appreciated, Even et when you're being fired. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got to, come on, even when you're being fired, I feel like you got to have like some <laughs> cough. Gotcha. <coughs> <laughs> it's okay. The frog in the throat. It's there. Is that what the red button? <laughs> yeah. Usually, but we can still hear it. Um, I'll add something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need some water or something? Okay, there we go. All right. So I don't know if I'd consider myself uh, a, the boss when I was working there, but I was an assistant general manager at a restaurant. And when I would work, like the shifts that I would work, the uh, the employees were like, oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> and it's like a, it's a toss up between making that feel like a good thing because, you know, like Kelsey's saying, you know, they're glad to see you and they um, uh, they like you. Right. But that also means that when you're not there, what's going on? And also, you know, that when you move up and. I was, you know, a regular server, bartender there, moved up into management. Then, like you're saying, Jenny, you do have to kind of find those boundaries and really define them um, with the staff that was your friend and now they're technically your employees, you know. So it, it is it is hard to um, define that. 
I think uh, I would want to be a respect. Yeah, honestly, I would just want to be respected. I think that's the biggest thing yeah. is like, and, and that's, you were talking about the boundaries. Like I sort of think about that is like, I would like to be that boss that's down in the trenches with my workers, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want that, that say, you know what, if you can do the job, then we can do it, <laughs> you know, like, or at least they like to see you working alongside them for a minute, but you can't always do that. So it's a matter of, I think, just being mm-hmm. present and being a, being an active present in your empo- or presence in your employee's life and just trying to say, like, hey, I know you exist. I appreciate <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm totally agreeing with you. <clears throat> yeah. I, see, I didn't think I'd be able to come back and talk. <laughs> I always say that hierarchies are a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when you are the person who's in charge, the fact that you're already higher up in the hierarchy can make it difficult right from the beginning. It can make people not necessarily like you. So those bosses who are then that much harder, I always say the higher you go, the smaller your stick should be because you automatically come with power and intimidation by simply being in a position of authority over somebody else. So being respectful of that and careful with that and affectionate when necessary with that is a way to really make uh, people feel valued and like, you know, you're not holding that over my head, which is why people love it when you say, oh, I have a bo- I love it when my boss rolls up his sleeves and jumps in and helps me side by side because it makes that hierarchy disappear. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing, though, that's tough when you become a popular boss, like yeah. you were describing, Alana, mm-hmm. is that it can make <clears throat> the other bosses resentful of you Yeah, because they know that all the employees like you. And so... They'll do one of two things. They'll either try and mimic that, and you know, which isn't necessarily their style. They're going to try and sort of hijack your style so that they can get some of that popularity as well. Mm-hmm. Or they go to the opposite extreme and say, I'm going to show you why I'm actually the better boss, the tough boss, the jerk boss, because I'm not going to be your friend like Alana is. I'm going to be the hard ass. Which almost always ends up backfiring. And it's not even like I was trying to be their friend. I naturally was, you know, friends with a lot of the staff before I <laughs> moved up in the company. And then, you know, you know, you get invited, like, let's go out after work tonight. It's like, I am not going to put myself out there in that way anymore just because it's it needs to be clear, you know, that when we're at work, you're not my friend. You're my staff and it it was hard it was definitely hard but I obviously don't work there anymore so uh, I feel like anytime I've gone back to that restaurant since they're always like can you come back to work with us I'm like no I'm so sorry (laughs) for one reason or another it just you know not gonna work out but uh, yeah so the other thing that happens sometimes too and why it's so important to figure out what your authentic style is gonna be is uh I say a lot of times there are snipers in the weeds. So as soon as you start doing well, this won't always come from your staff or your subordinates, your employees. A lot of times this will come from a peer in the company who might resent your success or the relationship that you've built with your staff. And so anything uh, they can do to damage your reputation or somehow wreak havoc on your career is is oftentimes what a lot of times uh, people people will do. So. That's why really being true to who you are and doing the right things all the time, not only should you do it because it's the right thing to do, but it also protects you from, from those folks who would love to to take you out. Because yeah, it's sad to say, but that's true. Don't give them any ammunition. 
you know. Exactly. We talked about that a little bit. One of the first shows about how <laughs> all the stuff you do now, someday you have to be careful about because you never know when you're going to be the one in charge. Poor exactly. James Gunn. <laughs> Prime example. James Gunn got fired. Oh, he's a movie director and stuff that, you know, happened 10 years prior in the very beginning of his career, came back and got him fired from one of his biggest jobs recently. Mm. Is that the is that the runway guy? Yeah. I don't know. No, that's Tim Gunn. That's Tim Gunn. Um, You're talking about Project Runway. Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Although Tim Gunn's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you know who Tim hey, Gunn is. Hey, I, I, I have I've Project seen my fair share of Project great. Runway. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Interesting. Is that because of your girlfriend? <laughs> no, actually, I grew up with an older sister, so. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. My dad weirdly enjoys the show too. I don't. It's entertaining. Oh my goodness. I don't. It's like watching like a it. cooking show, like uh, like a cooking competition. They're show. skillful. Yeah, well, it's it like, like what are they going to come up with in the, you know, with the parameters that the the challenge has in the time allotted? Like it's exciting. And, and Tim Gunn's a savage. <laughs> it's just... All right, back away out of the rabbit hole. Um, James Gunn is who you were talking. Yeah, about. that's was my reference. Just basically saying what you were saying is you have to watch what you do, how you okay. act, what you post, how you portray yourself. When you pick your industry or your career, because the farther you go, the more people have to look back on. Mm-hmm. And if you leave, you know, a crappy trail of breadcrumbs, this incident, this incident, this incident, you're going to ruin your own reputation. People mm-hmm. don't have to do that for you. That's exactly right. Well, and you, it, they very often are self-inflicted wounds. I love that, a crappy trail of breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's not a good one. It's not leading you back to anywhere successful. It's a bad one. You don't want to act like that. You don't want to be like that. Yeah. Well, would you rather be well-known or well-respected? Me? Well-respected. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's rhetorical for some people because they're like, "Mm." Any publicity (laughs) is good publicity, and that's not true at all. I wouldn't want my name in the headlines if it was for something horrible. Yeah. I'm not quite sure who James Gunn is uh, in the grand scheme of things, but <laughs> either way, I'm sure what he did was not that great. He was becoming a huge, well-known director okay, and just lost one of his biggest contracts. Well, w- whatever he did, was it worth losing the con- contract? Honestly, that could be a whole other topic in conversation <laughs> because where he came from, he was like a stand-up adult comedian, and now he was he was directing like a Disney Marvel movie, and they found his adult stand-up comedy. Oh, okay. On his so there, Twitter there's from a like conflict years ago. Disney's like, interest. yeah, we can't have you. Like you're dirty, and he's uh, like, but I, that wasn't even what I was doing. What I'm doing now, uh, and they're like, yeah, bye bye. Okay. I well, mean, there must have been something in the contract at some point. right? Disney's like a kid family oriented. Well, you know, what, broadcast that's, company. That's so. a great example, though. I think of how unfair the very long digital footprint of crappy mm-hmm. breadcrumbs, because everybody was a kid. Every, and guess what? Kids. Yeah, do it was the beginning stuff. of his career. Or, too. You know, I mean, I don't agree with it, young but 20s. I see where they're coming from. Yeah, you know, you're you're having fun, you're experimenting, you're being edgy, whatever. Anyway, it's it's too bad that. Uh, you have to be so careful for so long, but it's the reality, right? Yeah, I'm watch a- how you act, what you say, whom you say it to. Just yeah. be polite, be respectful, be the person you would want somebody to be to you. Right, but that's not necessarily what every 22-year-old does. <laughs> that's the thing that's, you know, we should all still be allowed to grow up. I feel like today we're not. Right? There's that fine line. Yeah, well, I mean, kids aren't. You have 12-year-old teenagers that are wearing... 
hoochier clothes than, <laughs> that were even designed for somebody my size when I was 12. Like, they didn't have that stuff, and now they're wearing makeup, and they don't want to be kids, and it's horrible. I think it's really sad. Yeah, that's... That's a whole nother different angle on it. But I think we're going to leave it with hoochier clothes. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, I love that. Let's make that be the phrase of today's show. Hoochie clothes? There's been some, there's been some good. <laughs> All, right. All right, that'll do it for today. We will see everybody next week. Check us out on newradiomedia.com, exactly how it sounds. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com. Do you want to see things like this? Did you just say you died? <laughs> well, I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous drakes. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com.